Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I'm very excited. I hope that you will, will follow along with me. Just ask the Lord will supernaturally help this message to, to do what it needs to do. Um, I have to read some difficult names, <laughs> okay? Uh, the temptation is to skip all of those, uh, but I'm going to try to, uh, to climb over those if you will bear with me. So let's read in Joshua chapter 14. Uh, verse number six, <clears throat> an exciting story, such an exciting story. I love this story. And so uh, let's, let's see what God's word has to say. Joshua chapter 14, verse number six. <clears throat> then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgah, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kenizzite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. <clears throat> Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again, as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went with me made the heart of the people to melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses sware on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, and has said these forty and five years, even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. As yet I am strong as the day I was in the day that Moses set me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now, for war both to go out and to come in. Now therefore, give me this mountain, wherefore, whereof the Lord spake in that day, for thou heardest in the day how that the Anakins were there, and the cities were great and fenced. If so be, the Lord will... If it so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him and gave unto Caleb, the son of Jephthah, Hebron for an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephthah, the Kedizite, unto this day, because... The, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel, and the name of Hebron before was Kijar Arba, which Arba was a great man among the Anakims, and the land had rest from war. Let us pray. Father, how I thank you for this text, how I thank you for your word. Lord, how I thank you for what you've stirred in our heart. How I thank you for visiting with us this morning. Lord, I pray that you have prepared the hearts of the people for this message. God, get me out of the way. 
Lord, let us speak, Lord. Let us not be hindered by our flesh, but Lord, let us lean on your spirit, I pray in Jesus' holy name. And amen. You can be seated. Fascinating story. Uh, Bible readers will know. Moses had left Egypt. They, they didn't go very far out of Egypt. And they came to Kadesh Barnea. And, and Moses said, we're going, we already know we're supposed to go into the land of Canaan and conquer. Because God's already promised us that. We already know that. So Moses said, I'm going to send 12 men out. And they're going to tell us what it looks like. And they're going, now they weren't, they weren't supposed to come back and say, can we take the land or can we not? They were simply supposed to go out, find out what was there, come back and tell Moses. And so they go out, 10 of the spies come back and say, we can't do that. There, there are giants there, there are walled cities. It's an impossibility, we can't do this. Two of the men, Joshua and Caleb, come back and they say, God's got this. God's got this. And if you know the story, 45 years have went by. And the Bible literally says, every single man of war died except Joshua and Caleb. Now just think about this. This is a little bit weird. How have you ever thought about this story? You've got an entire nation. So, so, so remember they're in the same age. <clears throat> so let's say that this entire nation of the United States, there was no one in the nation except for me and Brother Darren that was our age. The rest of them were kids. That's the situation. Caleb is old. Joshua is old. Everybody else died. There was literally nobody left. And so this 85-year-old man comes to Joshua and he says, "Uh, Remember what God told us? I haven't forgot. I haven't forgot. So here is my thought. Here is my what I am overwhelmed with that I've been thinking about for a very long time. Why did Caleb hear what nobody else heard? Ever thought about that? Turn your Bibles with me. This is very interesting. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of Deuteronomy, just a few pages back. Deuteronomy 29. Uh, Flip back here, because I'd like for you to read this with me. Deuteronomy 29. So here in Deuteronomy, uh, Moses is nearing the end of his life. It's nearing the end of the wandering in the uh, wilderness. And Moses is kind of recapping what has went on. And a fascinating verse that I, uh, that I come across. In verse number 4, I'll give you just a minute to catch up. Uh, Deuteronomy 29 and 4. <clears throat> Listen very carefully. Yet the Lord hath not given them an heart to perceive. Perceive means to understand. And eyes to see and ears to hear unto this day. I said, wow. I started thinking about all of the times that the Bible says that. Book of Isaiah, the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, book of Acts, the book of Revelations, uh, on and on and over and over and over. It talks about having eyes that you can't see. Having ears, but you can't hear. Having a heart, but you don't understand. I got to asking myself, why? 
Why is that? Here's what I want you to understand. When Moses, when they came out of Egypt, all of the entire nation, they heard the word of God boldly declared that God himself said, I will give you the promised land. I've got to believe that every last one of those Israelites could have probably told you verbatim exactly what God said. They knew the facts. They heard the message. They, they had been preached what God said. They all knew it in their head. But only two of them knew it in their heart. How would you think about that? Joshua and Caleb said, not that I know that God can, but I know that God can. The others said, well, God said, but I see the problem. Josh and Caleb said, no, I know what God said. So my mind started thinking, why is it some people can see and some people can't see? You ever thought about that? Why is it some people can see and some people cannot see? Understanding uh, the facts does not mean hearing God. If you go back with me to Joshua, I want you to see, I want you to see uh, uh, verse number 7. So, so Joshua, we're back in um, Joshua chapter 14 and verse number 7. The end of the verse, this is, what, this is what Caleb says to Joshua. As it was in mine heart. Is there a difference? Is there a difference? You can teach people facts, but only God can talk to your heart. A preacher might be able to give you the doctrine and the teaching and teach you all of the principles of the Bible and all the facts, and you might be able to go out here quoting them, uh, but until it gets into your heart, it really doesn't do you any good. Because it's got to get in your heart. And until it gets in your heart, it doesn't change anything. You know a bunch of facts, and that doesn't change anything. But when you get it in your heart, you'll be like Caleb, and you'll say, God's got this. God's got this. Everything changes. So, let's go one more place with me. I, I, I think this is the last place I'll run you. But go to the book of Revelations with me. The book of Revelations. And I could have run you all over the Bible. There, there are just a multitude of chapters, uh, places that we can find this in the Bible. But Revelations chapter 3, I'd like for you to read this with me. <clears throat> Revelations chapter 3 and verse number 6. We all know these, these uh, scriptures. Jesus himself is addressing the church. The church. Christian people. And in verse number 6... He, Jesus says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Is it not logical that Jesus is, is, is implying there that not everybody's listening? You know what he's saying? He that's got an ear to hear what the Spirit said, let him listen. He was giving some pretty strong charges to the churches, and he even went so far as to say, I'm going to come and take the candlestick, I'm going to take the Spirit out of the church, I'm going to do great judgment on you, but those of you who can still hear the Spirit, listen, listen. So my point number one, I'm going to give you the title here in a minute, but the point number one, People who can't see. 
But Miguel has told us many times, physically he struggles to see, but he said, praise God, I can see spiritually. Which one would you rather have? Which one would you rather have? Because I believe there's a whole lot of people sitting here this morning and probably watching this online who can see maybe better than Brother Miguel physically. But can you see spiritually? People who can't see. This is a staggering thought. It really is a staggering thought. Now, I want to clarify something here, and, and I've thought a lot about this, and this is going to go really, really deep. It's going to go way over my head, okay? So you've got to hang on tight here. I am not talking about, because some of you are going to jump ahead of me, and you'll get this wrong. I am not talking about milk and meat. See, we, we say, well, those young converts, they just need the milk of the Word of God. But us great Christians, we are ready for the meat of God's Word. That's what I'm talking about. Because can I tell you, there's some people standing over here eating that meat, and they don't have a heart to hear. They don't have a heart to hear. See, we're not talking about milk and meat. Can I tell you, we got some people standing over here who are still on the milk, and they got ears to hear. They can hear what God's saying. See, we're not talking about milk and meat. Now, this is going to strip some gears. You've got to stick with me, okay? Don't turn me off. You've got to stick with me. I'm not talking about those who are living a good Christian life and those who are not. Here's where things get sticky. There are people who keep all of the rules who can't hear God. They wear the right clothes. They go to church. They do this. They do that. They keep all the rules. You look at them and you say, I can't find anything that's sin in their life. But they don't hear God. And we got some other people, and and, and you might not like this, but we got some other people who, who could use to improve on some of their issues, but they can hear God. God. Are you with me? Yeah. They can hear God. Is there anything in this entire world more important than hearing God? Listen, if you come to church and you don't hear God, what is the point? If you come to church and you hear Gary, that was a wasted trip. You still have stayed home and had a good breakfast. But if you come to church and hear God... Say, boy, that was worth going for. That's worth going for. Now, has anybody ever had this experience? Uh, All of you know my my, uh, analytical mind. This is just the way I got to work through things. Has anybody ever had this experience? That's a a rhetorical question because I know most all of you have. You Bible readers, you have read the book of Matthew over and 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 over. And one day you read it and you say, when did they put that in there? The last 47 times I read it, it wasn't there. And all of a sudden, it's there. Now, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to help you. You weren't hearing before. And now you're hearing I do that all the time. Respect. I think, God, did you just write that? Because I know that wasn't there when I read that last time. But the Spirit said, I'm going to let you see what you couldn't see before. Has anybody ever done this? A rhetorical question. Uh, I know I'm supposed to read my Bible. I'm going to get up and read my five chapters. Got my five chapters read. Close up the book. 
got nothing out of it, and God didn't speak to you. Anybody ever done that? Has anybody ever got up and read their Bible, and it was just like God in heaven came down and sat at the table with you? Is there a difference, people? Is there a difference? Wasn't that old man in the bed last night awesome? Wasn't that old man in the bed last night? You sissies crying at a movie. I don't know what's wrong with you guys anyway. Uh, a bunch of sissies. Uh, it's kind of hard not to cry in that movie. <laughs> yeah, I was doing some crying myself. That man couldn't see. But you know what? That man seen God. And, and I, I just really am kind of overwhelmed with the fact that there are a lot of people who don't see God. They don't hear God. This is really what got me thinking about the message. I know, I've I've been preaching here for 20 years. I I know that I preach a lot of the same things over and over and over again. I I know that I do. it's, It's kind of a necessity. I know that a lot of the things I preach, a lot of you have heard them so many times, you could preach them yourself. But can I tell you, there are things I have preached 10 and 20 times that though you could probably recite the message, you still haven't heard it yet. Josh, my Josh, not, not this Josh, my Josh. And, and I say this with all respect to my son, but he's actually what got me thinking about this message. One thing about a year ago. So... I would count Josh as, as, and no offense to the rest of you, you he's my son. I would count him as as my best student in the church. He's not one who sits there, I'm not listening to anything he says. He's not one who says, I don't care what the Bible says. He's not one who says, ah, just get this over with, I'm not interested in preaching. He listens, he takes it in, he's paying attention. This is an honest story. Who got me thinking about this? We're in his kitchen, working on it, some time back, and he says, Dad, you won't believe what, what I found. Ephesians chapter 4. It tells us what the Bible says church is supposed to be. He said, you need to preach this. I said, Josh, I have preached that exact text probably 10 times and spelled out exactly what the church is supposed to be. I've never heard it. I've never heard that. He, this is what he said. He started naming names. I ain't going to tell you who he named. He started naming names. He said, I talked to other fundamental people in our church and they said they've never heard it either they've never heard you preach that before never heard you preach that before i remember specifically thinking to myself i've preached ephesians chapter 4 so many times i know they're sick of it. i'm not gonna preach that no more i preach it over and 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 they did and then they say wow look what we found something brand new now that's not a criticism but what i'm trying to get across point is we can sit in church we can nod our heads, we can say amen, and we can hear a word they're saying. And we can go out of here saying, great message, Pastor. I have no clue what you said, but it's a, great, it's a good, good message. But has anybody ever been sitting in church when God crawled up inside of your heart and started talking to you? Did you forget about it? Did you go out saying, Pfft. it's different. It's different when God's talking than when Gary's talking. So we can sit and we can listen to messages, make no difference. We can sit and read the Word of God, make no differences. We can know the doctrine, 
You can tell me salvation. You can tell me the blood. You can tell me. You can tell me all that. How many of you know you can you can know that, and you still don't know it? Me and Rachel had a conversation in my office about a little personal thing. Me and her talking about, and I can't even tell you what it did to this dad. I thought she can see. It's really what I thought she could say. We were talking about the Bible and the gospel and the crucifixion and the cross. And Rachel started explaining it to me. And I thought she can see. She can see. And I said, honey, listen, I'm not trying to be mean this morning. I'm, I'm, I'm pouring my heart out to you. I'm preaching from the bottom of my heart. I said, honey, listen, most preachers don't know what you just told me. And most Christians don't know what you just told me. And this is what my little girl said. She said, Dad, if they did, it changed their life. If they knew what I knew, it would change their life. Does anybody get what I'm talking about? You can know and not know. You can hear and not hear. You can be looking at it and not see it. Does anybody want to see God? Does anybody hear something besides Gary? It's okay. Yes, we do. Listen, you don't come here to hear Gary. If you do, that, that, that's a bad idea. We come here to hear from God. But God's trying to talk, and we're turning him off. And we're not hearing from God. And so Caleb, for some reason, just think of how staggering this is. Now, you know, the Bible doesn't exactly record, and there are scholars, they say that between uh, one and two million people came out of, of Egypt. So one to, two, one to two million people came out of Egypt. I just want to think about this. And the man of God, Moses, stood up and declared what God said, that God will give you the land of Canaan. He will give it to you. And an entire nation heard it. I believe an entire nation knew it. I believe an entire nation believed it. I believe an entire nation could have quoted it to you. But only two men heard the message that God is going to give us the promised land. And all the rest of them said, we know what God said, but. Has anybody ever heard that in church? We can do this because God said it. But, but there are some people who say, no, God said it. Nothing else to talk about. Nothing else to talk about. God said it. So Caleb was hearing when others weren't hearing. So if you're understanding that at all, we have to ask this question. Why do we hear? Or maybe why do we not hear? Is that a good question to ask? Would that be a good question to get an answer to? Now, I can stand up here and, and give you all kinds of reasons why we don't hear. You know, we got other things on our mind. We're mad at someone. We're irritated at the preacher. You know, we not really don't want to be here. I mean, there's a there's hundred reasons why we don't hear. And if we're real honest, take off our halo for a second. There ain't a person here who hasn't come to church who didn't really want to hear what the preacher said and didn't get anything out of it, right? Including me, right? So that, 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 that is, there's a lot of things that hinder the gospel. When do... You hear. When do you hear God? I'm sure it's a lot deeper than this. I'm sure it is a lot 
more complex than this simple explanation. But as I've observed this church, as I've observed people in my lifetime, as I've observed my own life, as I've observed the last year that we went through, as I've paid attention, do you know, Sister Bessie, do you know when we're really listening? When we're really hurting. When we're broken. When we're desperate. See, anybody come to church like this? Life is good. I got money in the bank. I, I, I'm in good health. My family is in good health. I can't wait to get this over with so I can go do what I want to do. And you didn't get a thing whatsoever out of church. Anybody ever come to church and you felt like literally your life was hanging on by a thread? And you say, God, whatever it takes, talk to me. And it, it, listen, and whatever you say, I'll do it. All of a sudden, you got ears that you didn't have before. All of a sudden, you can see things you never could see before. I don't know if it's making sense to anybody or not, but we got a lot of Christians that aren't hearing and aren't seeing. And as your pastor, I've watched some of you really kind of suffer. And I've watched you start hearing. And I've watched you start seeing. We talked in Sunday school about how we get it mixed up. We think if God's good to us, he gives us a lot of money and good food and a good job and a good country and a good economy. And, you know, all these things we get, good health. Praise God for those. But you know who some of the most blessed people are? People with no health, families all messed up, no finances, and can't hardly make it. You know why? Because they got God. They got God. Money, wealth, and everything you want, or God. But you know the sad thing about it? There's some Christians say, no, give me this over here. I don't want this over here. If, you, if I got money and a nice house and food and a good economy and everything's good, I am happy. God's blessing me. If I got to give all that up to see God, I'll just go on the way it is. Is anybody with me? So, we got, we got to go on. So, so, we hear when we are broken. We hear when we are hurting. We hear when we are desperate. And often we don't hear if we are not. So, point number two kind of made sense to me. If Christians can not hear, is it possible that churches cannot hear? Is that possible? This is really deep. This is really, really deep. So Joshua's out there, or Joshua and Caleb's out there. They're the only two here. And, and Joshua hears something that others aren't hearing. But do you know an entire nation, an entire nation heard the word of God, and they didn't hear the word of God? They didn't hear it. Well, let me, let me phrase that. They didn't hear God talking. You know, every one of you, as far as I know, every single person here this morning says you believe this is the word of God. How dare you disrespect this? How dare you? My mom and dad taught me when I was a little boy. Some of you still do this. You old timers still do this. You don't lay anything on top of this. Now, the Bible doesn't say that. But you know what that is? Son, this is important. You better respect it. And I, I agree that I, I, I agree with doing that. But here's the thing. I also believe it is sacred and it is holy. 
when I read it, when it's preached, when it's talked about in the church, it is serious. It is to be listened to. Brother Terry, Brother Terry and I are probably the only two in the church that knows, but there's a brother dead now and, and uh, gone, died a long time ago. But he used to say, Brother Terry, he would get up and this is what he would say. Wake up if you're sleeping. And if you're talking, quit talking. And put your chewing gum away. And mushers, make them go sit back down. Don't let them get out of here. He said, if this is the word of God, you better give me your undivided attention. If this isn't the word of God, let's pack her up and go home right now. Why are we even here? Can I tell you, why do you come here? If it's not the word of God, you shouldn't be here. If it is the word of God, you ought to be scared to death to not listen. But is God talking? So the whole nation did not hear. So today in the United States, and, and can I, instead of, let's, instead of talking about the Catholics and the Methodists and the Lutherans and the Presbyterians, can we just talk about the Baptists? We got any Baptist churches that aren't hearing from God? A whole lot of them. So we got Christians all over the world, all over the country, all over the Ohio, who claim the name of Christ. They know all the facts. They know the Bible. They go to church every time the door is open. They hear the preacher preach. They read their Bible every day. And they ain't heard from God in 20 years. Is anybody getting this? If that's true, do we have churches? I'm talking about congregations who are in church three times a week, who hear the preaching, who read their Bible, and there ain't nobody in that church, including the pastor, heard from God in a very, very long time. I say, oh my goodness, wow! So, see, we, we determine, well, that's a bad church because they got bad doctrine, and that's a bad church because they don't do it like we do, and that's a bad church because they don't agree with everything we do, and all these different things. But what if there is a church who has all of their doctrine right, who is going by the Bible, who wear the right kind of clothes, who do the right things we think they're supposed to do, who preach the Bible every Sunday, but nobody is hearing from God? Now, I've got to ask a question. Is that a church? Is that a church? Is anybody with me? Is that a church? So you've got, you got 100 people who were hearing the words of the Bible, but they never hear from God. Let me give you something. This, this will rub a few of you the wrong way. <clears throat> but I can say this quite um, confidently. If God's not stirring things up and things aren't changing, you ain't hearing from God. Listen, I've been saved for, I've been saved for almost 45 years. How in the world did that happen? I've been in church nearly all my life, been preaching for a long time, and to this day, God still taps me on the shoulder and says, son, you're all a mess, and you've got a lot to get work on. And I see other people who say, man, I've been saved forever and, and I haven't had to change anything. No, my, nothing has changed in my life. I do this, 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 and nothing else changes. And it hasn't changed in 20 years. Can I tell you, God's not talking to you? God's not talking to you. Am, am I getting anybody's attention here? 
Christianity is just status quo. It's just do this, do this, do this, do this. Be bored till Jesus comes. Never change, never hear, never do anything. Just do what you always did. And that is Christianity. But Christianity is uh, changing who you are. Making you deal with your sin. And making you challenged in areas that you're not comfortable with. To get out of the boat and do what God says. And so I believe that an entire church can be not hearing from God. What is being led by the Spirit? Boy, that's a, that's a humdinger, isn't it? What is being... I've heard that all my entire life. Now, we had a good service morning. Everybody, does anybody here want to say we didn't have a good service? We had a good service morning, right? We, the Lord came, we shouted, it was great, Right? Praise God. Praise God. We had a good service. But you know, for some people, that's all being followed in spirit means? Is having a good service? That is not what the Bible says. And that is not being spiritual. And that is not... I mean, praise God we had a good worship service. And praise God that, that the Lord came by. And praise God He encouraged us a little bit, right? Lifted us up. Praise God. But is He talking to you? Is He correcting you? Is he challenging you? Pastor, I've already arrived. He doesn't need to challenge me. You need to be on this altar. You need to be on this altar. Because you have not arrived. Listen, I pastored all of you guys. All of you guys have got sin in your life. Starting with the pastor. Listen, I need to come to this altar and repent. I repent continuously because I sin continuously. And when you've convinced yourself you've figured it all out, you really need to repent. Now, if... God is speaking to you, he's probably making it uncomfortable. Ever, anybody ever notice what God wants to talk about is what you don't want to talk about? Anybody ever notice that? I mean, he never wants to talk about what I want to talk about. I mean, God, I got these things I need you to fix. God, I got these, these, these desires I have. And he said, well, let's talk about what you've been doing. No, I don't want to talk about that. I want to talk about what I'm talking about. Right? And God says, we're going to talk about what I want to. We're not going to talk about anything. And I can say this to God, that's really uncomfortable what you want to talk about. That's really uncomfortable. I, I'm not comfortable with that, Lord. How do you get in the presence of God and it be comfortable? He told Joshua, he told Moses, take off your shoes from off your feet for the place you're standing is holy ground. Can you imagine if, if Moses would have been there and he said, Nah, just leave on. I'm good. Let's just have a chat, chit chat. I'll tell you what I need and I'll get out of here. Right? Moses fell down on his face, took his shoes off, and he said, You are a holy God, and I would do whatever you say. You know, we don't have that in church anymore. We don't have that in church anymore. So, being led by the Spirit is when God talks to you and things change. <clears throat> now, here's a really good question. If we have people that can't see, and we have churches that can't see, now I, I, I have to analyze everything. Can we have a church where some people are seeing and some people are not? But let me go, we got some blind people here, and we got some people here can see. Can you? I believe you can. And it all comes down to is God talking to you? <clears throat> I love, I love, I love. What, what Caleb said, then close my Bible up. What Caleb said in uh, verse 
How awesome is this? Verse number 12. Now therefore, give me this mountain. <laughs> what you got to understand about that is, the Anakims, the reason I read that, the Anakims, you can read all through your Bible. Does anybody know what the Anakims were? They were the giants. They, they, were, they were like Goliath. They were the, they, when they went into the land of uh, 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 to the promised land, when they saw the giants, they said, we can't take these guys because they're, they're 12 feet tall, right? They're, they're these huge mountain of men, and there's a whole bunch of them, and we can't take them uh, because they're bigger than us. How many Christians think that same way today? We can't do this because it's bigger than us. What about if we started saying, with God, doesn't really matter. With God, doesn't really matter. See, Caleb was promised property. He could have said, Joshua, I see that little valley over there. Nobody's there. Give me that. I'll take that. But he said, I want that mountain. It's got all them big giants on it. The hardest one there is to take. And this is what he said. Listen to him. I just see, I just see Caleb just as bold as a lion. He said at the end of verse 12, If so be the Lord be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out. He heard God. He said, if I meet up with a guy and he's twice as tall as me and he's just as wide as I am tall and he's got full of armor and I got God, that guy's in trouble. That guy's in big trouble. David walked out there. David didn't say, well, I'm not sure how this works out. He said, listen, I come to you in the name of the Lord. The army I got is a lot bigger than your army and you're going down. How many Christians do we see that way? See, Caleb said, give me that mountain, and I will drive them out. We can go down, and uh, if we won't, I won't take time to run you there, but 15th chapter, 14th verse, it speaks about all of the giants that were there. Names the giants. Guess who killed them? Caleb killed them. Is anybody getting this? Anybody getting this? So, if you're with me at all, we have people who don't hear from God. We have churches that don't hear from God. We have people at Sand Hill who don't hear from God. Here is the exciting part of the message. Here is why I say I waited 20 years to preach this message. There's a lot of things going on in this church. There's a lot of, a lot of changes, a lot of things happening in this COVID and everything. Just a lot of things have happened. We're working on a lot of things trying to, trying to see what happens in this church. But over the last year, I have heard this over and over and over and over. I have heard you guys say, I was reading my Bible. Wow. Wow. God talked to me. I've heard some of you say, I was listening to you preach. I get it. I get it. The last 12 times you preached it, I didn't get it. I get it. Title of the message, by the way, I didn't know how to spell it. It's three letters, I think. My, my super smart wife, who knows how to spell everything, she said, I'm not sure. But the title of the message, aha. Aha. Seriously, we need an aha moment. We need a moment when we actually hear God. See, a lot of you have been going to church for a long time. 
A lot of you, lot of you have been hearing me preach for a long time, and, and you're bored out of your mind, and you know the doctrine, and you know the rules, and you know the Bible, and you know everything else, but you haven't had an aha moment in forever. Renee said, is it all right if I tell what you said to me a little bit ago, honey? She says, we, does everybody know the 139th Psalm? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows all that. Before I was conceived in my mother's womb, he knew me, and you know, he knew how I was going to be, and knows the hair, you know, he knows everything about me. That's a real popular psalm. By the way, Renee's favorite book in the Bible is Psalms. And she knows that frontwards, backwards, upside down, inside out. She knows that scripture. It's been preached on. It's been talked about. And I come into the day and she says, honey, she says, I know you're going to think this is, I know, I know you're going to think this is really dumb of me. But she says, I've heard this over and over. But she says, sitting here thinking, he knows everything about me. Aha. Aha. Been taught that since I was five years old. Heard hundreds of preachers talk about it. But now, now, he knows everything about me. And this is what she said. I never got that before. See, until we have our aha moment, things aren't going to change. But I believe we're starting to have a bunch of aha moments around here. So, point number three. Those who see the impossible. So we've got people who can't see. We've got churches that can't see. We've got, we got those who are going through the motions, but they don't hear from God. And then number three, we have those who see the impossible. Caleb said, give me that mountain. And this is what he said. God promised me and this ain't going to be no problem. I believe Caleb got it in his heart. I believe Caleb got it down deeper than in his head. And he said, we, I can do this because he could see God. Now, if we have people who can't see God, we have churches that can't see God, and we have people who can see the impossible because they put God in the equation, real good place, and I can stop right here, but I'm not going to, but I could, Brother Bo, I could stop right here. We could just stop right here and say, which one are you? Are you one of those that don't hear God? Are you one of those who does hear God? Is God speaking to you in a fresh new way? Are messages all of a sudden coming alive that you have heard over and over? Are you getting what we're doing and why we're doing it? Or is it still just... I, I, I've, I've wrestled with this message for a long, long time. But again, I've heard so many people say, um, you know, I would preach something. I would think I'd just preach it. And I know I'm not a very good communicator. I get that. But I, I would preach something. And then, and then I'd hear someone just twist it up, just totally twist it up. And it wasn't even remotely close to what I said. And I'm thinking, how in the world did they get it that, that messed up? And of course, in my way of thinking, I'm always like, well, it's probably my fault. I probably didn't say it right. And I've been doing that for 20 years. But you know what I really begin to understand? I'm not saying I'm a good speaker. I did not say that. But you're not listening. Because there are other people who say, I get exactly what you're saying. 
And there are people, why do we do what we do in the church? I don't understand what we're doing in the church. It's confusing to me. Why don't we leave everything alone? Don't do anything. Let's just come out here, sing some congregation songs, shout the house down, have a little preaching, and go on about our lives and don't make things complicated. Don't change anything. Just leave everything the way it is. We don't need anything to go on in the church. But there are a few others who are starting to, like popcorn, popping up all over church. Aha! I understand why he wants to change things. Aha! I understand why things need to be this way. Aha! It makes sense he's doing this. Aha! I'm on board. Let's do it, Pastor. I see God. Which one are you? Which one are you? I see God. I see why we're doing this. Whatever the battle lay ahead, I'm in. Or I have no clue why he's doing. I just wish he quit doing it. Amen? Now, by the way, if you want to ask me right now, Pastor, do you feel a little lonely up there? No, I feel God all over me. I don't feel lonely at all. If everyone you want to look at me like I lost my mind, I don't care. I feel God. Listen, if I got God, I don't really care if you guys are listening or not. I don't really care if you guys are with me or not. If you guys don't want to go the way God's going, then don't. But I feel God. And I know what God wants for this church. And I know what we're supposed to be doing in this church. And we're trying to make that happen in this church. And I believe a whole lot of you are starting to say, I get it. I understand. I didn't understand, but I do understand. Let's do it. And that's what this message is about. That's what this message is about. Can Sand Hill do the impossible? I've got this wrote down. I, liked, I, would liked, I prayed this morning. I said, Lord, let this be a monumental service that we'll look back to in uh, the last Sunday in February 2021. Let that be a marker that things change at that day. Look right here. Everybody look right here at me. Whether you like me or not, look right here at me. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time we do what God says to do. It's time we stop fighting about piddly stuff. It's time we stop fighting about how things have always been. It's time about fighting how you want things and how I want things. It is time to set all that aside and say, God, what do you want? And we will do it. Listen, I'm not getting into the whole political thing, the mess our country's in, the rules are passing, and all all the stupidity in our country. But can I tell you, God's in control. Can I tell you, he could reap the greatest harvest in this messed up time that he's ever reaped before. He could do the greatest things that Sand Hill Church has ever seen right now. It is time. But can I tell you, I don't believe that we can say, let's wait another five years. Let's wait another ten years. Let's figure it out later on. Let's wait till later in the summer. We'll wait till fall. I believe that we need to say today, this day, right now, it's time. We're going forward. And I just believe, I just believe, maybe I'm totally naive, maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm stupid, maybe I'll find out on this message that, I, that I, I was completely wrong. But I believe that after 20 years, I believe there are finally a group of people in this church who say, Pastor, I get it. I get it. I'm ready. Let's go take Sandusky. Let's go see Soul Saved. Let's go see the church go. Let's see great things happen. There's nothing we can't do. Amen. I don't know if you believe this or not, but I believe with every fiber of my being, God did not put us here to be bored, do nothing, be stale and dry, a place where nobody wants to come, 
until he gets here. We had an awesome time last night, didn't we? I mean, it was just awesome. We had an awesome time this morning. I look back during congregational singing. I was just blown away. I look back, and you guys are smiling, raising your hand, clapping your hands. Look like you wanted to be here. What in the world is up with that? And then they started worshiping, and oh my goodness. What am I saying? Why are we here? If we want a dead, dry church with a list of rules you have to go by, and you come in, you sit down, you do what we tell you, this church is dead. But if we have a church that God is talking to us and leading us, I believe we can see things we could have never dreamed happen here at St. Church. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.